0: I'm David S. Dawson from The Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com.
1: Welcome to episode 245 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss some of the heart of podcasting in the 2020s, Time spent creating your content versus time spent promoting your podcast.
0: This week we skip the better podcasting download to ensure we have enough time for the main segment.
1: But don't worry, we still have a little bit of better pod back, including a fun question about podcasting in a trailer. Lauren,
0: start the show now.
2: Welcome to Better Podcasting, with a combined history of over a thousand episodes. And starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer.
0: Welcome to episode 245. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is SP.
1: Woohoo! It is a fun night because we are recording better podcasting. We have such a stack show tonight. I'm really excited for this episode, Steven.
0: Uh, you know what we should do, SP? We should start it off, though, bringing back to how I saved my podcast story this week, because you and I, I think, had a, a very interesting weekend. For those of you not familiar with, with us, we don't live in the same house. In fact, we don't live in the same geographical area. That's just not the case. We try to actually stay as far away from each other as possible.
1: That is the intent, yes. And matter of fact, we live in two completely different countries.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And this week, we thought, though, we're so committed to each other. Let's try to save our podcasts independently, but similarly, right?
1: It's eerie because as I was telling you the story, you're like, I had that happen too. We should talk about it. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, save my podcast story, buddies. Yay.
0: <laughs> so what happened was if you aren't familiar with this right now in North America, there's there's a lot of weather happening. We're recording this in February of 2021, and there's there's a lot of winter weather happening. And that means that there are some power situations in some areas. And this is what we both individually had, was saving our podcasts via a battery backup. Now, I'll start with my story before I turn it over to you. Long story short, this past weekend, I was editing the show, putting it together, uh, the Gunna Geek show, I believe it was, and then the power went out. And here's the thing, I didn't save the work that I was working on at the time. (laughs) Luckily, I had my battery backup and it kept it going so I could hit save and then shut down and make sure everything was there as I had left it, because obviously when the power goes out, I got other things I'm going to quickly probably run around and do first. So I went and did that and then came back and realized, oh, I got to save and then shut down. So... I I did get back before my battery backup had died, obviously, but it was nice having that and being able to know that my work was saved and I didn't have to redo work. So that was how I saved. My podcast was using a battery backup. How about you?
1: I had quite the active podcasting Saturday because I was editing Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I switched over into some hardware upgrade mode. I changed out my 500 gigabyte SSD to a one terabyte SSD, copied all the data over, got it up, got it running, switched the drive number back to the original drive number because I just didn't clone the drive. It was all big thing. But eventually I got it up and running and then I started editing the next episode of Legends of Shield and I was into that. And all of a sudden, my UPS, I have a UPS. It's a uh, uninterrupted power supply battery backup. And it clicked hard. And the lights kind of dimmed in the studio here and came back up. And I was like, huh, okay. So I kept on going, it happened again. I was like, uh, okay. Because sometimes the UPS will cycle just because things are you know, upgrading with it or whatever. And it happened a third time. I was like, huh, that usually doesn't happen. So I'm fat, dumb, and happy. I was actually rendering the file at the time, the final file. I had saved it, but I was rendering the final file. And I was like, wow, that's three times within like 15 minutes. So I just fat, dumb, and happy go along my way. Well, the next day I go into my next door community for my neighborhood. And there was a post on the next door and said, hey, Anybody noticed like, and and this was posted on Saturday and I didn't go into it on Saturday. So this was the next day. Did anybody notice that there was some like lights and power fluctuations? I'm like, oh, that's what that was. So basically, they were doing some work on the transformers. They didn't tell anybody, but they were doing work on the transformers and they were clicking back and forth a little bit. My battery backup, my UPS, my uninterrupted power supply saved all my equipment because my equipment didn't have any of those power spikes to it. It saved my new drive. It saved my podcast that I was rendering. So yeah, having that UPS, which probably needs to be updated pretty soon, by the way, but having that UPS saved my podcast and it saved all my hardware because this hardware actually can spike when it takes those power hits, it can spike into that. And we both have kind of delicate hardware. We both have various forms of mixers and DBXs and compressors and recorders and that sort of thing. That all can get really fried by power spikes. And I'm so glad that I had that protection.
0: And let me just take this moment here to promote that we do this show live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, if you want to come to www.geeks.live. And the reason I mentioned that is because in our chat, we did have Kim Alloway ask, when I said battery backup, did I mean UPS like you said? So yes, once again, I did mean UPS, but once again, SP is right and I am wrong. There you go. Just another example.
1: This very rarely, rarely happens. I mean, I'll, I'll take credit for it this time, but it I mean, it's so few and far between. I mean, I, it's not always, man. It's definitely not always. By the way, if this is your first episode of Better Podcasting, welcome to the show. We're very happy that you decided to join us for this episode, especially this episode because it's a big one. And we hope that you can take something away from this episode that will help you out in your podcasting.
0: As we record this episode, there are more than 1.8 million podcasts and growing, according to PodcastIndustryInsights.com. This is great news, right, SP?
1: It is. It means that podcasting is accessible to many, many people. Well more individual person podcasters than corporation podcasters. It also means that many people are creating new shows because the space is growing by leaps and bounds fantastically get this it means that podcasting is now mainstream with many new listeners now accessing podcasts for consumption that didn't even know what a podcast was two three years ago although steven is still trying to figure out what a podcast is
0: one day one day i'll get the answer
1: But this also means that as a podcast creator, the bar continues to be raised. This now means that you have to do two things better now than ever before. One, create content to provide value and stand out in this cornucopia of podcasts. And two, promotion, also known as content marketing, to help the right listener find your show. We believe that without the right balance of these two things, your podcast can suffer. You could be making the best podcast in your genre ever, and no one will ever hear it because no one knows about it. Or if you're not getting New Year's to your show, potentially you might find less people are hearing it as you consider podcast listener attrition over time. Alternatively, you could be spending all of your time and some of your hard-earned money on social media, guessing on other shows, creating audiograms, and optimizing the SEO of your transcripts and show notes, buying 30 or 60 or 90 second advertisements on other podcasts and podcast listening apps, all to promote your podcast being recorded by seven guys in a community bathroom, in a dorm, talking over each other about nothing that interests anyone. Between these two, there's probably a good bounce to be had. So that now we find ourselves in this new podcasting reality of 2021 with 1.8 million shows and a lot of listeners out there, new listeners out there. We thought we would take an episode to briefly discuss the balance between content creation and promotion, which is especially important to you as a hobby podcaster with limited time for your show. In fact, we think that it's harder for a hobby podcaster to find this balance because of the promotion aspect. This is because with a podcast that's business motivated... The promotion aspect is a necessary path towards money and return on investment. However, with hobby podcasts, sometimes the promotion aspect can feel a little like work, which is why you need to find that balance or else you'll feel like pod fading if it's too much like work. So with that in mind, we'll briefly run down what's entailed in podcast content creation as well as promotion. As a note, we won't go too much in depth in either of this in this episode, there are quite a few past better podcasting episodes that do cover these points more completely than we will today. Then we will transition into the balance between podcast content creation and promotion. We'll discuss why you need the balance of the two. We'll talk about how to go about finding the right balance for you and your podcast. Once you find the right balance, we'll go over some tips to help keep in mind as you execute the optimized balance. We'll go over when you should reevaluate your podcast creation versus promotion balance that you just came up with and what to keep in mind as you reevaluate. And then we'll end up with touching on any remaining podcast content creation versus promotion balancing best practices. Now, before we head into the meat of today's show, we want to preface that some of this might sound familiar, but as we continue, we think you'll see how it all balances out by thinking of today's two sides of the coin together.
0: Let's begin by talking about the brief basics of hobby podcasting content creation, which was partially from a previous episode, but also a Gonna Geek t-shirt, which you might, might know if you've uh, ever followed along on the video side of things. That's right. We're going to talk, talk today about prep, record, and a whole bunch of other things. We'll get into that in a minute. When you begin your episode creative journey, the single most important item to keep in mind is your topic. Yes, that five-letter T word that started off Better Podcasting in episode one seems to find its way into most of our episodes, including this one. After 244 episodes of Better Podcasting, the need for a topic for your hobby podcast doesn't change and will likely never change no matter how many episodes of Better Podcasting that we do. Simply put, you need to consider your episode topics, or in the case of an audio drama or a true crime podcast, you'll need to consider your story plot. Will you also need to consider the topic as part of a longer arc? Maybe. If it is, you will need to spend more time ensuring continuity of your message. And if this is the right subject in your topic to discuss at this point in your podcast with the episode that you're preparing, will it fit in? If you are telling a story, is it a single episode or part of a longer season or series arc? Lots of podcasts have different arcs within the storytelling. If your story is a one-off, what is the message of your story? What are you trying to accomplish with the story? And does your story have a moral? Are you simply trying to entertain the listener? Or will there be more to your episode? If your episode is part of a longer story arc, What plot points and character development do you need to have accomplished with this episode? Does a certain event need to happen in this episode to accomplish these things? What breadcrumbs do you need to leave in the story that might foreshadow for future episodes? What needs to happen to each character within this individual episode? These are all things that you need to think about as an audio drama. On the flip side, true crime podcasts are something that SP listens to pretty much 24 seven. So I'll let him talk a bit about
1: those. I've listened to one or two. So in a true crime podcast, what crime or stage of the crime are you going to be covering with your episode? What is your start and stopping point in this particular episode that you're preparing as you tell the story of what happened? What action, if any, are you asking your listeners to take to help solve the crime? Because some are cooperative, solving crime sort of true crime podcasts. Are you using this episode to lead to a story about some bigger crime, like maybe a crime lord or a serial killer? These are all things that you need to keep in mind as you're developing the topic for your show. You need to create the purpose or mission or plot of your episode, and it's going to take you some time. Remember. Time and effort are the commodities that we will be discussing in the last section of this segment as the trade-offs you will have to make as a hobby podcast creator for balancing the content versus promotion. Now, moving on in the preparation stage beyond the first step are the actual show notes or the script that you will be using. So before we continue, we want to take a moment to say that doing this step well can give you a leg up when it comes to the promotional aspect later. We're going to come back to that. So take note in a talking head podcast like we do here on better podcasting. One way to organize your show notes is by bullet points. Now, despite the brevity of bullet points, you might still need to research your points as such. How far in advance do you need to start the outlining? And you will need to consider if you have enough detail in your bullet points to refer to later as you are recording. For instance, this portion of the segment could have been outlined simply as prep, record, edit, publish.
0: See, that's the thing that I was about to say, but I didn't want to spoil it.
1: Yeah, there you go. But let's face it, there is no way Stephen would be able to talk for 10 to 15 minutes on this topic and completely cover the issues enough with just that limited outline. So thankfully, I stepped in to create more detailed bullet points so either of us could read the script correctly, just like any monkey astronaut could.
0: I feel like uh, this show wouldn't be the same without your knowing my shortcomings, which is plentiful, by the way.
1: (laughs) We both have shortcomings. (laughs) However, let's move on. If you prefer to fill out a full lesson or presentation style script, this will take even more of your time. The style of podcasting preparation means you basically be scripting out your presentation. And just like in the bullet points discussed before, you will likely need to do some research or compile your existing research to fully script your talk. The extra time required for a complete script will depend on how you work, but it makes sense that a script will require at least more time to type it out than normal simple bullet points would, so it's going to take you more time. Now, after you draft your script, you may even needs to read through it a few times to iron out all the wordsmithing to make it sound better. Maybe you'll need to read it to make it sound like you are not reading it. Maybe you'll need to reduce the amount of time you'll need to spend editing afterwards through familiarization of the script so you don't make so many mistakes. Maybe you'll need to read through it to bridge the gap between your writing style and how you talk. But as you read through the script or the outline, take time to think about the future, your promotional aspect. Is there anything you want to add or revise now that'll make it easier with the promotion later? Perhaps you want to change some phrasing so that you know it'll make a good soundbite later or maybe even a title. Or maybe you want to make some notes that will be easier to copy and paste later for the promotion. Now, let's not forget about editing the overall content. We're not talking about editing your show. We're talking about editing the show notes. So do you discuss unimportant things? Take them out even before you record? Are you hitting the topic that you wanted to focus on? If not, you're going to have to redo your show notes to make sure that you hit the topic that you want to hit. Does the entire segment or the entire podcast or episode flow together? If not, you're going to have to rearrange things. Does it all make sense? If not, find somebody to let you know how to make it sense. And again, as you edit, consider the promotion aspect later. It can sometimes be easier to take a clip during the editing later on rather than to go find it later. But at the very least, try to jot down some notes to make it easier for when you edit later on.
0: But in our opinion, there is one type of show notes or scripts that take longer than a presentation script. And that's a story script. Getting back to the audio drama thing. Neither of us pretend to be a huge audio drama producer. No, we have very little experience with audio dramas. However, we do know a thing or two about the audio drama genre, and we both also know how long it would take us to sit down and actually write a script. Basically, forever. Needless to say, even those that write for a living need some time to assemble a story script. There's main story po- plot points. Dialogue, stage directions, how will this episode fit into a broader story? How many times will you need to rewrite the episode script? Do you work with an editor or another production team or a team of other people? That will introduce even more time to pass the script back and forth and include revisions and comments and, of course, get that feedback. An audio drama script is Probably one of the longest lead items in podcasting in our opinions. And more importantly for this discussion, you'll need to factor this extra time in when you are considering the later aspect, when it's going to be all about balancing your creative time with that later podcast promotion time. If you're spending all of your time working on this script, where are you going to have time for promotion? It's going to be hard.
1: So let's move on to discuss the recording portion of content creation. Now, whether you record by streaming live like we do here on Better Podcasting or just in some version of a home studio, recording is going to take time. This is true whether you are a solo podcaster or you podcast with a team of co-hosts and guests or actors. There's the audio hardware setup and sound checks. That's going to take time. There's the actual recording that takes time and the possible multiple Takes of recording and that takes even more time. And there is teardown involved if you are a mobile podcast or you don't have a permanent recording setup and that takes time. Not to mention the time it takes to actually record, right, Stephen?
0: Wait, there's time involved with podcasting?
1: Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. You can't record a 60 minute podcast in just 30 minutes. What? Yeah, there's no 2X in recording your podcast. Really? Yeah. In fact, with how many mistakes and edit points I generate, it's generally 120 to 180 minutes for a 60-minute episode.
0: Well, I think I'm finally beginning to understand what a podcast is and, and why I don't ever want to do one.
1: That's right. You love it and you know it. And needless to say, without recording, you don't have an episode to publish or promote. So this recording step is probably the most necessary of all the steps that we're talking about. And in our opinions, it's the most fun step of podcast creation because we get to sit here, we get to talk to each other on the microphone and have fun. Conversely, my least favorite step of podcast creation is editing. Now, I know that there are people who love the process of editing like Steven, but I am not one of them.
0: I definitely love to edit. Aside from scripting out an audio drama, editing is the most time consuming step in podcasting. It can be very repetitive. And I will admit, even though I do enjoy the editing aspect, I do sometimes loathe getting behind the screens and starting the editing process. For example, if you have to remove plosives out of a track for 60 to 75 minutes of recording, and of course, if your effects don't do that manually, or if you have to remove out crutch words like so, ah, and um, or when you're editing video and you need to create a cut or splice in a difficult situation. It all adds up and, again, takes more time. Different podcasters do edit differently. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we're not going to cover this whole process in detail. However, we will say that you should probably edit your hobby podcast to help stand out amongst your podcast competition. And to a point, the more time that you spend editing your podcast, the better the end result will be especially if you remove the Canadian host. That's a huge plus. But keep in mind, your content will need to be timely as well, which will limit how much time you can spend on that editing. Again, you're going to want to consider the balance with promotion. We're going to get there.
1: After you edit becomes a really fun step. It's publishing. Publishing sounds like the easiest and most satisfying step in podcast content creation. And it also by the way, can be very annoying. Why is that? Let me get to it. You'll need a post and ID3 tags to go along with your audio file. And depending on your publishing process, you might have to upload your file to several different locations. A step that you might think just takes five minutes can easily stretch to two or three hours. And here, here's a tip. It's generally a good idea to proofread everything you post to. And if you like to proofread by letting it sit overnight and then coming back to it the next day, this step is automatically going to cost you an entire day. So as you are prioritizing your promotion versus content creation, keep in mind how much or little time you need to devote to publishing each episode. Now we're done with the basics of content creation. We're going to move on to the basics of podcast promotion, which is also known as content marketing, as we've stated before, or even copywriting, which is the effort of developing a compelling message. Now, this is all going to include three items. One, finding places to distribute your episode to, two, actually promoting your content and three, establishing a community hub around your content. Steven, let's talk a little bit about distribution first.
0: Where you publish your show to is just as important as actually publishing your show. If you simply put your show on your website, but don't actually include it in your RSS feed, it's not going to that, reach that many listeners. Piling on to that line of thought, if you simply put your episode in your RSS feed, but never submit your RSS feed anywhere, your listeners will be very limited in getting your show. Where are they going to get it? Google Podcast, maybe? Assuming you have a website set up correctly for Google to index your RSS feed, that could happen. But there's not a lot of places out there that are grabbing RSS feeds without them being submitted to them. So you really need to think about how that RSS feed is getting out to the different areas. That is an element of promotion. Because again, if your show isn't being found in these different directories, your show isn't being found by listeners. So you should actually take some time to research where to submit your RSS feed to, and most importantly, actually submit your RSS feed.
1: In our 10 years of podcasting, because we both podcasted over 10 years now, this list seems to change every year. It started out with places like iTunes and Microsoft Zune Store. It evolved over time. You got places like Google Play Music, Stitcher, as you can tell, some of these places don't exist anymore. Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, my Carrier Pigeon podcast delivery service, which is a new and evolving thing, but I'm not sure you want to use that. Basically, in 2021, what will the new key distribution points be? Who knows? There will likely be some sort of new podcast directory that you might want to consider submitting your RSS feed to. So keep your ears open and make sure your podcast is going where you want it to go. And more importantly, where your listeners are going to be able to find you. So along with distribution, there is all the traditional types of promotion and advertising that you are thinking of and maybe some that you're not thinking of. So when podcasting first came on the scene, it was considered niche. It was underground. It was non-mainstream. It was the underdog of content creation. Now, this is a very similar story to social media. And conversely, it happened at about the same time. As such, social media has always been linked hand in hand with podcasting communities, interactions, discussion and promotion. Although social media platforms have risen and fallen since podcasts began 16 plus years ago, MySpace for one, I mean, we could go on listing them. Social media has been an ideal place to promote your podcasts and podcast episodes. Now, the advent of things like social media tags, photo sharing, GIFs, audiograms, short videos, and selfie mobile phones have burst this capability wide open in the past few years. So as long as you maintain within the terms of service for the platform that you are on, social media is a perfect place to start to promote your podcast emphasis on start. However, those spaces are now very crowded and you may not always find your way into the right platform algorithm to show up in somebody's feed timeline or their search. As such, social media is still a great promotion start, but it's far from the only place you should promote.
0: Another proven way to successfully promote your show is by using guesting, guesting on other shows. Like social media promotion, guesting on other podcasts is about as old as podcasting itself. There are many benefits to listeners by bringing on another podcaster to guest on a show. And of course, the reverse, a guest coming onto your show. A guest could have a different perspective on a topic enabling diversity of thought to the listener. A guest is a different voice for a listener to hear. A guest can be an expert on a topic that the regular hosts are not. And a guest can promote content that listeners would actually want to consume. There are many other benefits to guesting as well, and we won't get into all of those like we said at the start of the show. inherently. You are promoting yourself and whatever else you want to promote when you guest on another podcast. Guesting is a great balance of content creation and promotion because the guest is creating unique content for that podcast, but they also become a bit of a promotional opportunity as well. This works both ways. Some guests will actively promote the podcast that they're on, but On the flip side, the podcast creator can use that guest as a promotional tool because when that guest comes on their podcast, they now have the ability to use that as a off point for promoting that episode of that podcast. But guesting does take time. Preparation to listen to the show that you're going to guest on or on the reverse, having a guest come on your show listening to what they can offer. Also, it takes extra recording time during your production schedule. This can be especially hard if you are a hobby podcaster and have a full-time job. You're going to have to prepare notes of what exactly you want to communicate with that guest. And this can be harder because they're coming into the podcast or you're going into someone else's podcast and you need to be better prepared because you're not going to have that usual flow that you would with your podcast when there's a guest coming into it. And eventually promoting the fact that you guested on other podcasts is going to take more time for you to do. Because again, you have to go out there and you have to take your time to wave your hands and say, hey, I was guesting on this podcast.
1: Now, here's a promotion method that we don't explore as much as maybe we should on Better podcasting posting blog articles or other podcast companion content online in different formats from your podcast. This is different from simply posting the transcripts from your episode online somewhere. What we're referring to here is dedicated content created in a different medium. Stuff like blog posts, YouTube videos, music compositions, if that's your jazz, web comics, video games, books, how-to articles, this additional content could simply be the same content in your podcast in a different format, or probably a better idea, this content could be parallel with your podcast content and be synergistic. However, just like your podcast, these other forms of content is going to take you time to create and it needs to be balanced with your available time and return on investment. While we record this episode, it's 2021. And the COVID-19 pandemic is still very much a consideration in life around the world. But in a pre- and hopefully post-COVID world, a great promotional opportunity for your podcast could be found at conventions or trade shows in your topic niche. Some of these are still happening virtually to mix success. I mean, there's only so many virtual meetings somebody can take in their life, especially if they spend a lot of their full-time work online. Let's face it. The novelty of these have worn off after a year In some cases these virtual conventions or trade shows will offer the opportunity to expose you to something new in your trade that you can develop into podcast content eventually and definitely in person. But a key component to these in-person events was always meeting somebody face to face. So the rate of this happening virtually is simply not as high as it used to be in person. It's difficult to make that new one-on-one connection in a virtual room with 25 other people or hundreds of other people, depending on what the event is that you're attending. So take this one for what it is at this point in time in early 2021, but do know that the time it takes to participate in a convention or trade show and in a non-COVID world actually travel back and forth to should always be balanced with content creation
0: listener let us ask you this as you are listening to better podcasting wouldn't you like to be wearing a better podcasting shirt or hat or drinking from a better podcasting mug if your answer is yes well first off ugh, think about your priorities uh but secondly think how many of the listeners to your podcast would also want a t-shirt with your logo on it or drink from a mug with your branding. In truth, it does take a certain amount of interested listeners to make this a worthwhile activity. But if you have a core of a few hundred active listeners, selling or giving away merchandise is an excellent promotional opportunity. It still takes time, though, to design and create these items and set them up in some form of online store. Even in the most simple online store offerings, it does take time to do this. Or even if you are just making them to give away, you still need to have a place to give them away. Again, thanks, COVID. You have really, really put a curb in this sort of idea here. As such, this often is a promotional step that is better served with a team to podcast with, but we have seen a few individuals pull this off successfully.
1: Hey, I'm showing a shirt of the House of EdTech, Chris Nessie. Thank you very much. So that's an individual that's able to pull it off, but for the most part, it takes a team to do it. Steven, I don't know about you, but when I'm listening to the radio or watching tv or stream content i'm exposed to a lot of advertisements
0: i definitely am too
1: okay when i driving around and, and looking at billboards I, you know i'm i'm seeing a lot of them
0: i definitely see them as well
1: when i listen to my podcatcher my app on my phone i actually hear advertisements in the podcasts i listen to
0: i imagine one day when i listen to podcasts i will probably also hear those
1: and once you figure out what one is right right okay When I'm on a website to see the 150 best pictures of Prince William and Duchess Kate Middleton, my computer screen overflows with advertisements.
0: I see a lot more than 150 pictures of the two of them.
1: That's great. I'm glad because it's like the law in Canada that you actually have to look at the royal couple, right?
0: Absolutely. It's a requirement to having your Canadian citizenship.
1: Okay. I'll have to remember that if I ever want to flip over. (laughs) The, the point in all this is that there are real advertisements opportunities out there for your podcast. You can find them and buy them on social media, on YouTube and podcatchers and other podcasts, the local radio stations, even on television ads. However, you're going to have to pay for these opportunities. In fact, just recently, it was reported that Jordan Harbinger manages a $40,000 a month marketing budget for the Jordan Harbinger show. So this may not be an economically feasible option for you in your hobby podcast, but it still remains a possibility if you have the means and you can definitely scale it down as long as you scale your expectations down with it. We just advocate to be sure that you have some sort of positive revenue flow from your show or your brand before you drop some serious cash down this method of promotion. Also, it takes time to manage even small promotional runs. You have to create the promotional ad, you have to buy the promotion, and you have to track the promotion. Otherwise, there's no sense in doing it whatsoever. I mean, how much effective is your promotion? So between the money involved and the time involved, this type of promotion is on the extreme end for most hobby podcasters and might be considered a long-term goal for you and your team, but it is a part of promotion. We just wanted to mention it here.
0: I know that my best promotional tool was when I paid SP to run down the main street of his town, waving a Stephen John Drew flag. I know that he did that.
1: I did that. I even you even gave me the Stephen John Drew flags to put on your windows. You know, Mm -hmm. like the NFL flags and the NHL flags and stuff like that. You you gave that to me, and and I drove so fast that they ripped. By the
0: way, (laughs) and then burned. Right?
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I was driving that fast. Right. Finally, at the heart of nearly every successful hobby podcast listening group is a strong community. So building that community and interaction space that can turn into a self-generating promotional platform for you. But this is going to take some time for you to interact with your group and to grow or maintain the community. You also have to spend some time moderating or assembling a moderation team to do it for you. And hint, we plan to cover that on a future episode of Better Podcasting. So wait for it. Once established, new listeners can come in and join your community, interact with other listeners, and grow your active listener base. After all, that's what promotion is all about, right?
0: Absolutely. Now that we've covered the basics of podcast content creation and the basics of podcast promotion and content marketing, let's discuss balancing the two within your show. First off, why do you need to balance podcast content creation and podcast promotion? Simply put, one without the other is pointless. It's like a sandbox without sand, a beach without the ocean, a boat without water to put it in, a nail gun without nails, a sewing machine without thread, an airplane without wings. Basically, creating content without any sort of promotion means that the only listeners that will find your show will be the results of algorithms and intense database searches. So why go through the trouble of creating the content then? There could be reasons, but we're assuming that you are creating content for your hobby podcast to be listened to by people that are interested in said content.
1: On the other hand, promoting content that isn't interesting or listenable or both means that the people that do find your podcast won't ever want to listen to it again. So why promote it? You're essentially wasting your time. So balancing the two parts of podcasting, content creation and promotion, ensures you are spending the right amount of available time in both endeavors. Now comes the tricky part of this entire process. This is the reason that we put this episode together. That is finding the optimized balance between podcast creation and podcast promotion. So in business, entertainment, and social media marketing, there's a rule out there that we can use to start this discussion. Content creation should be 20% of your time spent, and promotion or content marketing should be the other 80% of your time spent. It's called the 80-20 rule, and it's used as a measure across the board, and it's rooted in terms such as brand strategy, influencing syndicates, and content amplification. It might seem like an awful lot of time to devote to promotion, given everything you have to do to create your hobby podcast in the first place, and the amount of time that you have available to spend on your hobby podcast to begin with. But it does underscore how industry professionals view promotion. Now let's go back up to the part where we talked about the basics behind content creation. Remember that t-shirt? Prep, record, edit, publish. How much time are you devoting to your content creation process already? Now, take that amount of time and multiply it by four. Do you have that amount of time in your schedule to spend on content marketing? If you do, fantastic. Go for it. Try it out and see how much your podcast grows in the next six months or so. More than likely, though, as a hobby podcaster, you do not have that much time to add into your podcasting schedule to devote to promotion.
0: So it's almost like a hobby podcaster is different. Than someone that's podcasting for money. Hmm. Someone should talk about that.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should create a podcast about it. (laughs) So if you have a weekly show and your content creation process takes about five to 10 hours per episode, you multiply that by four, that's another 20 to 40 hours per week that you would need to spend promoting your podcast. That's a lot of time. That's a total of 25 to 50 hours a week. Now, let's just say that you have an audio drama with seasons. Now, we spoke to Sarah Ray Werner back in episode 193. She does an audio drama called Girl in Space. She also has a podcast about audio dramas and how to create them called Right Now. So in that episode of Better Podcasting, Sarah told us the literally hundreds of hours she spent on each episode. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, it takes a producer of Sarah's talent and skill about 200 hours to produce an episode of an audio drama. And let's just say that there's 10 episodes in a season that is being produced. That's 2,000 hours of your time spent on creating the season of the audio drama. So in terms of work weeks, you divide by 40, right? That's 50 normal work weeks of content creation time, 50. That's basically one year to create one season. That means using the 80-20 rule that you should be prepared to spend 8,000 hours of promotion time. And let's take that to work weeks to divide by 40. That's 200 normal work weeks, nearly four work years for one person promoting your content. Now, if your intent as a hobby podcaster is to get a season of your podcast out each year, That math is not going to work out. So maybe, just maybe, the 80-20 rule isn't going to be the standard to use for your hobby podcast.
0: However, you still need to come up with a balance between content creation and promotion. And we would recommend that you start by taking stock of the time that you do spend creating content. Take a good look at each stage of the podcast creation process for your podcast. How much time does each step take you? How much time are you willing to spend on each step? Are there some efficiencies that you can gain in each step? Which takes us to that point that we alluded to earlier. What sort of overlap can you find to help streamline the process of content creation and promotion? Do you need to take more time within a step to raise the quality of your podcast? And if you're doing a podcast with multiple people, is there one person doing all the heavy lifting for one of the elements, including the promotion, write down all of these things and take a look at everything on paper or digitally, if that's how you work, maybe put it into a spreadsheet and really look at all of this information. What does it tell you? It will be different for every podcast and every podcaster. But the idea behind this is to get yourself a baseline for your specific show. And now, how much time each week do you want to devote to podcasting? This is a tricky question because it will butt up to everything else in your life. How much time are you spending at work? How much time are you at the gym or playing sports? Are you spending time shopping? How much time are you watching sports or TV? How much time do you spend cooking or going out if that is something that you're able to do? Are you taking the kids out to McDonald land? What are all of these things in your life that are taking away from your hobby podcast? Don't forget about the sleep aspect or the other hobbies you have like flying drones or going fishing. And how much time do you need to spend doing other things around your house like cleaning and laundry? Now, think about all of the remaining limited amount of time left that you have for your hobby podcaster. How much of that limited time do you actually want to spend podcasting? You're probably not going to spend your entire balance podcasting. And then once you've analyzed all of these different time variables, do it again. But this time, be honest with yourself and don't lie to yourself. Okay, we're partly kidding on this, but we do want to call this out right now because we find that often hobby podcasters are a little overambitious with their goals of creating a podcast. And we speak from experience. We're not knocking on anybody because this is something that we have done before where we've had big ideas and then realized that it was more, that we've bit off more than we could chew.
1: Seven podcasts a week. (laughs) And sometimes
0: that does mean that we end up with an unrealistic outlook on how much time we have to podcast. And we don't want you to fall into that trap. So that's why we're saying, be honest with yourself. And that's why we're calling it out right now so that you're using realistic timelines with your podcast endeavors.
1: Well, we realize at this point, you may run into the issue where the amount of time that you wanna spend or can spend on content creation alone is more than you have available. Now it's time to start evaluating what changes you might want to make in your show to accommodate how much time you do have. Maybe make each episode shorter. Maybe change the format of your podcast to release bi-weekly or monthly. We talked about this in Better Podcasting episode 169 if you want to go check that out. Maybe it's time to think about outsourcing some of the steps of creating your podcast. Maybe you want to change your podcast into a seasonal production where you can spend more time in the entire process of content creation before publishing your season of episodes and then promoting it. Maybe it's time to change up your promotional strategy to something easier. A good example of this are audio promotions. Audio promotions can be really effective for podcasters. In fact, if you look at audio and video mainstream productions, you'll often find promo clips. They are time-consuming and it can be hard for a hobbyist to find time to make them. But perhaps you reduce how often you're doing them and balance it out with the more text-based promotions. The point is, don't give up on your podcasting dreams because you've analyzed your time issue and you don't have any time to hobby podcast. There are ways to continue and to grow your podcast endeavors with the time that you do have. Now that you've gone through the process to fit how much time you spend creating your podcast into your schedule, How much time do you have available for content marketing and promotion? Odds are it's not going to be close to the 80-20 rule, but there are some things we can recommend to enhance the time that you have.
0: Take a little time each day to help promote your podcast. This could be as simple as a quick 15-minute social media interaction on a break during work. You could use social media scheduling programs to post pre-made audiograms throughout the week. You can stack them up. And you can maximize your impact by choosing higher traffic times. Maybe you post an ad for your show that will be seen by potential listeners whenever they can access it. I.e., while they are already listening to another podcast, a website ad that a potential listener might navigate to at different times of the day. You can leverage an experienced copywriter or content marketer to help make things easier during your content creation process. We understand that not all podcasters have the deep pockets to pay for promotional campaigns or a publicist or professional services. But if your goal is to grow and you want to spend a certain amount of time on content creation and you don't have the time to market your content, handing over the reins on promotion to a professional can help accomplish this. I know there's several YouTube channels that SP has watched that do use this type of assistance, which seems pretty obvious considering they're out in the sea.
1: Yeah, it really makes sense for them because these YouTube channels that I'm watching are sailing YouTube channels. A, they are making money from their YouTube channel so that they have money available. B, they are often in situations where they cannot communicate in real time, communicate in real time, and C, they want to spend more time sailing, traveling, adventuring, and here's the catch, fixing their boats. Yeah, it's this constant thing you need to do when you live on a boat, you need to fix it all the time. So in case this is an avenue you want to pursue, we wanted to throw it out there for you to consider. Hopefully these points we laid out will help you find your optimization for your hobby podcast between content creation and podcast promotion. This was the meat of the segment that we just wanted to do. So if you have any questions, make sure that you come and ask us later. Now that we found your optimized balance, it's time to start executing that balance. This is something that's going to take some time, especially if you have just overhauled a lot of what you do to create your podcast to balance your efforts. We would recommend spending about six months or so in this new state. It doesn't have to be six months. It could be three months. could be a year. But we would encourage you not to make this trial time too short or too long. You're going to need enough data to see if what you're doing is making a difference, but you'll also have to keep it short enough so that if you do need to make any changes, you can correct the course and make the balance better over time. Here's a tip. Keep a log or a diary along the way. Note what works and note what doesn't work. Metrics are great if you can assemble them. (laughs) Podcasters are stats whores, right? Podcast media interactions, you know, how many that you get for each post. What are your listens coming from? Where are they coming from? How well is each type of content marketing faring? I mean, if there's something working better than something else, go for it. And here's the thing. While you're in the execution status, try to stay true to your decisions. And prepare for that upcoming reevaluation of your changes.
0: After your trial time is up, schedule some time to reevaluate the optimized balance that you had originally arrived at. How did the trial work out for you? Did you see a better podcast quality from the results, or did you at least maintain the quality that you had? Did you see any positive podcast growth? Did you have any life changes that you need to? Consider at this point, as you're looking at how the results were from that trial period. Did your podcasting team change during the process? Was there one way of promotion that worked better than the other? Now, take this and focus on that if you can. Because again, you're trying to find that right balance and maximize that free time that you have as a hobby podcaster. So why don't you focus on the thing that worked? Use all of these factors to re-optimize your balance between creation and promotion to give yourself another three to 12 months, we'll call it a trial, and then repeat the process. In true Better Podcasting fashion, we'll start to wrap everything up with a few tips and tricks for balancing your best practice. Stay true to your goals of podcasting. It's okay to change the goalpost, but just realize that when you change the intent of your podcasting endeavor, it will change how you view those results.
1: Another one is to be honest with yourself. We talked about it before. There's a lot of self-reflection and follow-through needed to go through this balancing process. If you are not honest about how much time you have or how much time you are willing to spend on podcasting. There's no sense in even starting the process to balance your podcast creation and promotion. It's just worthless. So be honest with yourself. The next one is put the effort in, Stephen.
0: Yeah, your initial balancing trial period might seem long, but after the fact, you might even see it as being too short because you don't have enough data to help you make a decision when you reevaluate. It's your podcast and not Putting in the effort only cheats yourself of what you could do with it. Again, be honest with yourself, and that will involve putting the effort in. And above all, we've said this before, we'll say it again, and you'll hear us say it many, many more times. Have fun. If you've ever listened to Better Podcasting, you knew that this was coming. Fun and enjoyment is a major driver behind hobby podcasting. Keeping the fun in the process means that you're more more likely to continue podcasting. So whatever else happens, make sure you're having fun and make sure that that is a high priority in your podcast creation and promotion. This will make it all worth it in the end. And that fun will keep driving you in those areas that can be difficult.
1: There was a lot that we covered today. We started off discussing the current status of podcasting and why your hobby podcast needs that balance between content creation versus podcast promotion.
0: We recapped what's involved in both podcast content creation and podcast marketing.
1: We discussed in-depth ways to help you find the right optimized balance in your hobby podcast.
0: We covered when and why you should reevaluate the balance between podcast content creation and podcast promotion.
1: And we ended with a few best practices to help maximize your efforts in balancing the two.
0: If you have any thoughts about podcast content creation or podcast content marketing or the balance between these two that we didn't cover, we would love your thoughts. If you can, send us a video or audio clip to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Hit us up on our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Tweet us at BetterPod. Or when you find yourself on that community forum talking all about the latest happenings with the Royals, look for SP and send them a message directly.
2: This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback.
0: We just got one today. Just got one because I wanted to bring this up. This came up in our Discord over the last few days and I wanted to throw this out to our audience because I think there's not only going to be some good tips, but just thinking about this question, I think, is a good example that not all hobby podcasters podcast in the same confines. And this came from Randy Walker and he asked, anybody have any info or resources on a mobile podcast studio in a trailer? I know I found this fun for several reasons. SP, what do you think about this question?
1: I'll admit it. If you go back to the Discord and you see the interaction back and forth, I immediately went to a utility trailer. I have no idea why I did, but in my mind, I went to a utility trailer and I was thinking acoustics, that thing is going to, I mean, you get in there and there's all sorts of power and heat issues and cooling issues that you have to worry about. But I was just thinking in terms of acoustics. So the first thing I said, I don't know why. The first thing I said was Okay, you need some sort of flooring that's going to attenuate the sound. So I was thinking in terms of well, it's a utility trailer, and you're probably going to be tracking mud in and out, so you're going to want to maybe the, the the rubber mats that you can get for workout rooms at home. Maybe that would be a good start, or maybe some of the the carpet squares that you can get at the the home box stores or whatever. So that's the first thing I went to, but it doesn't underscore acoustics you have to talk about excuses acoustics whether it's an rv trailer whether it's a utility trailer, whether it's a work trailer, like a food truck, doesn't matter. You have to worry about acoustics because if you're going to be setting it up to record there all the time, you're going to have to set it up for acoustics. And it's not just the floor. You have to worry about the walls, the doors, and everything with it. And like I said before, heating and cooling, if you've got airflow, you need to worry about that as well. But there's a bunch of other fun things to think about this as well.
0: And I'll come to your defense right now. I think that it's obvious why you thought about u- a utility trailer, because you mentioned that you've had to move people recently. So I I could know exactly why it came to your mind.
1: I've had a few of them <laughs> attached to my car recently. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it's not just, a tra- I mean, the same aspects could be used if you're in a pole barn or in a shed or something like that. Like you make it, you just made a shed just pretend that you have to podcast in that shed. It's the same sort of considerations that you have to worry about. Let me
0: first, sorry. That was just me apologizing to my neighbor for having (laughs) to hear me podcast. That's what that was.
1: I Uh, see. Well, I would think that would be free a night of entertainment (laughs) for him.
0: But that is one of the things you need to consider is the noise aspect in a trailer, no matter what the trailer aspect is, because is there going to be extra noise coming in to that environment. Like if you're in say like a, like a RV type trailer, obviously there's a lot of devices that are close by that are going to interfere with your recording. Potentially, you might have to turn off your heat. You might have to turn off the fridge. You might have to do a whole bunch of things, but on the other side, the noise that you are making for people as you are in a trailer, especially if you're in like a, like a trailer park, or if you're, say, on on a campground, that sort of thing. If you're an excitable podcaster, like I am, odds are those neighbors aren't going to hear you podcast. So these are all things that you have to consider in any kind of trailer. The only exception I could see would be if you're in a air quotes trailer. And what I mean by that is some people call a like a, a mobile home or a modular home or whatever, they refer to it as a trailer. Th- that's probably different. Those are probably built a little bit more like a home and you can probably have things a little bit further out and whatnot. But for all intents and purposes, in any kind of trailer, you are going to have to consider about all of these things. And with the close uh, confines, you're probably going to have to make sure you are dealing with a rig that is easy to tuck away and set up. I know the question actually asked specifically about a mobile setup, but let's say that this is um, something that you are permanently in one location, like I said, you're in a trailer park or whatever, then you are probably not wanting to leave all of this equipment that SP and I use out. You're probably going to want to keep it smaller so that you can put it away when you're done. So I like this question. I think that it's a lot to think about, and I love love thinking about things that aren't the situation that I currently podcast in because it's easy sometimes for me to, to uh, get tunnel vision on what I do as a podcaster.
1: Yeah. About 20 years ago, my family had an actual RV trailer at a lake encampment and it wasn't just the trailer. There was, it was in the middle of a trailer park. So you had, I don't know, 20, 40 different trailers around you on a weekend. A lot of them were full in the summer. A lot of them were full for weeks on end and with b bs the Airbnbs now, I, and I don't know with the pandemic how that goes, but yeah, it, it's the neighbors that you have to worry about. It's the power that you have to worry about, the heating, cooling that you have to worry about. Is this going to be a workplace for you? Do you need like facilities inside the trailer, whether it's a utility trailer or whatever? It, there's a lot of considerations. I love this. If you have anything for Randy to consider... Please let us know or go into our discord and contact Randy. I'm really interested as to what the community would need or would bring to the discussion because Stephen and I, we're, we're just two minds. We definitely have different paths that we would go on based on our experiences, but it's just two guys' experiences. We know that there's more that listen to better podcasting. We're interested to hear everybody about this neat opportunity.
0: So thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. We know this one was a little different than usual, but hey, every now and then we'll shake things up. And if we have a topic that we feel we do want to expand as much, it's what we've done. It's not the first time we've done it. It's not the last time we will. We're here ultimately trying to give hobby podcasters a voice and give you some quality information. We hope that you can take away to make your podcast better. And I hope that today this episode made promotion a lot easier because I know that that is an area that I personally struggle with. I'll admit it right now. And it definitely can be one of those things that makes me just want to go back to bed, put the covers over my head and hope that if I don't promote SP eventually will.
1: (laughs) Or SP will go away. One (laughs) of the two, right? This was a great episode. I'm interested in people's comments. Did you like it? Did you not? Is there something that you want uh, to talk about that we didn't talk about? So please let us know everything about that. And I know that the Stephen, you got some things going on. We got the Guinea Geek show going on. I've got legends of shield going on. We're talking all about WandaVision and we got Falcon and the winter soldier coming up really soon. So there's a lot of fun stuff to be had and you can always find that at the Guinea geek network.
0: So for episode 245 of Better Podcasting, I'm Steven John Drew saying you should subscribe to a podcast. I finally figured out what a podcast is.
1: It's a miserable pile of secrets, right? We'll see everybody in two weeks. Talk to you later.
2: Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.